Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience, and sell anything all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This week, joining me in studio is Matt Kim. Hello. We're also joined by Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. And Justin Davis. Scoop. We got a great show for you this week. Uh, we have a live action Zelda movie to talk about, which I raise my eyebrow at. And it's time to talk about Grand Theft Auto 6, because we are going to be getting a full reveal of that in, I guess, maybe a month from now, uh, if not, uh, not sooner than that. But first. Sam, I believe you played through all of the new WarioWare game. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I didn't play through all of it. Okay. I played through to the most important part. It was when you unlock the games that are based on retro games. Oh, good. Which go up to like, you know, Wii U now or whatever. I guess wow. they go up to Switch because they had, um, what's the Ring Ring Fit came out for Switch, right? Yeah. There was, there was well, a Ring Fit game in there. But yeah. Didn't it? Yes, just, it I was just trying to think of Wii yeah, U, but I guess it was Switch. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of funny stuff. There's like you know a GameCube Pikmin game and you know, the requisite Mario and, and stuff like that references. It, it's really great. And so I I always like WarioWare games for that. Um, we gave it well, what a seven or eight I think, and um, it's it's interesting. It would have made a really good launch game because it's all about the what, Switch controllers, six years ago? the Joy Cons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, because you know they 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 didn't have a lot of games like that at the time. They're kind of sticking. They're kind of avoiding that kind of Wii thing where like everything's gonna use these controllers forever, mm-hmm. you know. But um, the, this game, like I, I like my WarioWare games to be creative and it'd be really fun as a party game. But like playing solo is like kind of weird. Like how this game requires, yeah. um, it's a lot of motion. But that one they're showing right now, if you're watching video, that is incredible. At the end of your the, the end of your Joy-Con can read your hands. Like, you point it at your hand, it can read how many fingers you're holding up. Or Wait. if you're doing a gesture or whatever. Did we know this? I didn't know this. It, it, it basically projects infrared something into a space in front of something and can read the warmth of your, the imprint of your hand. It's like, it's incredible. I, I, I'm just like totally amazed by that. Everything cool. else is just kind of BS motion controls, mm-hmm. um, but really good games with really funny scenarios and graphics. And the whole thing takes place on a tropical island and it's great. But can't recommend it at my highest recommendation. It's like, oh, motion based and like, you know, just mm. with a couple of friends and, and some beers or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's really well made and a fun game. 
Cool. Well, I am also uh, continuing with Alan Wake 2. I think you are playing it, or are you? I'm also playing. Okay. I think I'm almost done. Really? I don't, I don't want to say then where I am, but I feel very close to the end. Then you're definitely farther than me. Uh, I'm in the, the, well, this is not a spoiler. Everyone knows this. You don't start the game playing as Alan Wake. You start as Saga, the FBI detective who can't decide which accent she wants to use. Uh, and then you play as Alan Wake. And I'm still in the big, like, section, the first section you play as Alan Wake. And I know Sam is still playing it. Justin, any Alan Wake for you? Oh, no, but I did start Spider-Man and Mario. Cool. Those are both very good video um, games. Oh. Yeah, they both are... Um, it's Well, not both. I should say Spider-Man... Spider-Man's very safe. Um, hmm. It's great. It's like so polished. All the set-piece moments are incredible. It's doing that big AAA video game thing. But, like, I wish... Ah, it's just a, it's a very safe video game. It feels very safe and kind of, like, by the numbers as a sequel, which... You know, it's so dismissive of all the creativity on display of the combat and the gadgets and all of that. Like, you know, just the expertise of, um, of like, again, we just don't get that kind of Uncharted-esque, I'm going to take you on a big journey video game as often as we used to. But for me, I kind of like, I like my games with a little bit more edge and a little bit more risk to them. So I actually, I played Spider-Man for... I don't know, three or four evenings got maybe halfway through. And like, I didn't make a decision of like, I'm not going to play this anymore, but I haven't chosen to go back to it since then. Well, I know several of the people on staff felt similar, similarly to you. And we talked about this when it first came out. I actually liked it a lot. I loved it, but I did not play Miles Morales and I only played a little bit of the original Spider-Man. So it feels, uh, if if anyone else feels like a, a little bit been there, done that, I didn't have that same experience, but... I do, I do really like how um, the how Miles and Peter just call each other Spider Man. Yeah, there's just like, hey, Spider Man yeah. over here. And he's like, he's like, thanks, Spider Man. Yeah, and like, I actually think that that's really endearing and cute. And like, the game, the game's full mm. of like really good like kind of moments like that. But I just, yeah, I agree. You know, I don't know. Like, I I had had my fill of it before I finished the game. The game's not even all that long. Well, Sam, you did finish it fairly recently, right? Yep. So like, yep. I now that it's it, behind I, you, I, I thought I had a. Yeah, I thought I had a printing and I the the you know the, the the general you know it starts off with one villain and then the it switches to a whole different set of antagonists and I thought the really like I thought every villain in the game ended up being pretty corny except for like the main antagonist but like all the spin-off and the, and the, like the minions like the story and like what happens with everybody that's like not the, the not the main final villain is like really silly. And then the ending is confusing and then they introduce like characters that are going to be in another game presumably and stuff like that and I had to look all that up and it was yeah. really obscure. Yeah, I, w- I do want to s- discuss one thing that you brought up Sam and this is a spoiler for the end of Spider-Man. So if you want to jump forward a couple minutes, we can do that. Uh, it just it does a really lazy thing that a lot of movies do where there's a main monster, but then they're like, oh, now there's a lot of little monsters that are just like it. And it's always <laughs> yeah. like, really, like that's what we're going to do here. So there's a lot of little venoms everywhere. Thousands of other little venoms. It's like, okay. They do that at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game with Sandman, too. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that didn't bother me as much. But I always the just the think The venoms kind of thing is strange, too, because they're doing like a carnage, you know, tease also. And it's like, who cares? Like the whole point of Carnage is like, wow, there's another symbiote. I mean, That's yeah. crazy. Whoa, he made a few more in Maximum Carnage. That's amazing. They're so powerful. How is anybody ever going to stop them? It's like, no, all of New York City had 10, 10 million symbiotes yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> I do appreciate. At I least they just. I appreciate that they created original um, animations for the finishing moves when you're knocking the civilians out of their symbiotes. I appreciate that they actually added that yeah. part. That was nice. Yeah, they all definitely died as we made a video about too. Well, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be some of the best animations in video games ever oh, great. of yeah. all time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And re- and reflections, reflections are really good too. Yeah. And then the post credit scene went completely over my head too. I had no idea what that. I had to, I had to look that up too, Sam. I was like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me, but okay. <laughs> we we anyway. um I did I downloaded and started playing Lord of the Rings online again. So okay, here we are. You're gonna. <laughs> Enjoy hearing the new. I made a new character. I made I made um, Bulbin the warden. He's a mm. hobbit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And um, since he started, there's a new expansion out that goes to the Haradwaith, goes to the uh, the city of Umber down in the south. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But since I started a new character, you know, I just had to go through the Breeland and the Shire, and now um, I'm adventuring around the Lone Lands near uh, Weathertop, or um, known as the original Cinderin as Amansul, as I'm sure you all yes. know. Yes. Mm. The great watchtower of Amansul. Correct. Yes. 
Definitely something that I know. <laughs> what you gonna talk about? Um, um, is it is it the best MMO? No. Um, is it the most accessible, <laughs> easiest to play MMO? Also, no. <laughs> but like, no. But like, the game's very. Um, I just have a real soft spot for it, and you know, I think I think it's great. I go back. It's that to time it, of year, right? It is. This it, is when it, you. This is when you watch and play Lord of the Rings. There's something about it. It's like you gotta start That's eating true. more soup and gotta re-download <laughs> Lord of the Rings online. More soup. <laughs> um, no, I mean the game's free to play, right? Which is such a like it's such a uh, can be such a nasty thing for video games. Can make you feel like you're being nickel and dimed all the time. But in the context of a MMO, I actually think it's really nice because it makes it it's more stress-free to be like a weekend warrior, right? Like I don't need to feel like I'm getting my $15 worth of like, ooh, I'm taking a week off the game and I'm paying this monthly subscription fee. But the game being free makes it really easy to dip in and out of it for, you know, a day or a week. Or or in my case, like I don't, I think it's been like two, three years since I played it. So happy to be back, enjoying myself tremendously. I feel like it's going to stick this time, but, hmm. you know, we'll see <laughs> We'll see how I'm feeling when I'm, like, level 80 and I'm in, like, you know, Angmar or something and just I hate my life. Um, then maybe I'll delete the game again, but that's fine. <laughs> when I assume, Justin, that you're enjoying Mario Wonder. Um, I have not played it. I'm playing it with my family, which is just a fucking... It's kind of... It's a chore. It's not... I'm not having a good time. Which I don't... That's not, that's not a knock on the game. That's a knock on my children. My family. <laughs> if... Someday when they're old and they listen to this show, I'm sorry, girls. Um, no, they, I, you know, I'm not the only person like Brian Altano, other people uh, like Nintendo sometimes gets sort of family-based multiplayer really, really right. I, Mario Wonder, um, the, it, all the times I'm playing it, I'm just like, man, I wish I could just like do this. I want to just play this game myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be like carrying my kids through this. It's a little bit, it's a little bit frustrating for them. Mm. Yeah. I, it is frustrating that my, my son just gave up on it. So I actually have been yeah. playing it by myself yep. and still yeah. still enjoying that. And then um, speaking of older games like Lord of the Rings Online, Justin, uh, during the Halloween spooky season, I wanted to play something spooky. The guy said he wanted something spooky. So I started Darkest Dungeon again. <laughs> oh. Got sucked all the way back into that. So now every night along with Alan Wake 2, I have to play a little Darkest Dungeon. Also. Oh, spooky. Double spooky. That's good. But, but and you don't play Darkest Dungeon 2? It's only on PC in early access, I think, so uh, I'll be waiting. Well, it came uh, out of early access finally, right. but it might not okay. be ported to anything yet. Yeah, I don't think it's ported, so. Mm. When it, yeah. Bring it to a console and I'll play Darkest Dungeon 2. Anyway, Alan Wake 2, no spoilers um, for our viewers and listeners out there, and also for our producer, Tom, who is saving it. He's playing through Control right now, and he's saving Alan Wake 2 for him, so we're not going to spoil anything. We also Thank have a God mic on deck. Yeah, that's Tom. We also, I wanted to say we also have a God mic on now, in case Tom ever wants to interject. <laughs> He has that ability. Oh, if nice. I start hearing Alan Wake 2 spoilers, I will riot. This is not a spoiler. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm very much enjoying it. And when you do switch to playing Alan Wake, it does something awesome. That's all I want to say. And I don't know. Sam, do you agree it's awesome? Or did you think it was too... No, I thought it was too up its own ass. But okay. I, well, I do I, like the, uh, I love the game it. so far. Whoa, we're listening, looking at some interesting uh, B-roll right there. Um <laughs> It does something, but I, I like the game in general. I, I have no problem with it. And then, like we already know this, but like there's a lot of mashups of live action with with the game, and it's so cool. It's so, so cool. cool. Uses that. I loved it. Well, we'll... Are, are there elements of that part that Damon's talking about? I thought were a little auteur Kojima like, and I think a little bit, little bit dorky. I think <laughs> you they really took... love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think they took a big swing, and I I love it. It, it elevated the game for me. Um, we'll dig into that deeper maybe in a future episode. But loving Alan Wake two. Okay, let's move on to some news this week. A live-action Legend of Zelda movie is being inflicted upon us. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be. I don't yeah, want to be indeed. too. I don't want to be too negative. It's just I think a lot of people were expecting it. You know, uh, if they if Nintendo were to make a Zelda movie, that it would be animated. They had so much success with the Mario Brothers and Illumination. I could see them like that solves a lot of problems. First of all, it solves having like silly CGI monsters, bokoblins running at. Link and it's all you know, it would be easier for them to have a silent link if it was like a little cute character, like and they could do a link to the past sort of thing, anyway. But now we're getting a live action Legend of Zelda, and it just seems like the the the, the team that they're putting together it doesn't yeah. instill a lot of confidence. It's not like, whoa, this is an awesome director and an awesome producer and an awesome writer. It's just kind of like these guys. Do you think they're gonna have like a glass of water shaking and then they're gonna be like, what is that? And they're like, Dodongo! <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> the joke is that the writer wrote um, uh, Jurassic World and the sequels. <laughs> and I the, mean, we're like, the director. The director did Maze Runner. Like, yeah, the the, you know, the three and, Maze Runner movies. Which and like you know, like I, the first Maze Runner movie is fine, right? Like there's there's no like there's nothing. Like, there's all there's a long long history of these people doing kind of like middling work and then just have an absolute banger like a breakout. Like if they're given the right creative team and given the freedom, like. There's, there's two kinds of directors. There's directors that are like making the movie that they want to make. And then there's like directors for hire that are like, yeah. okay, I'll do this teen dystopia movie. And like, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like their actual skill, but even so that's all we have to go on so far. Right. And like, sure. you think Zelda, it's like, we like, this is a really, like a lot of it means a lot to us. Right. Yeah. And so I think that people are very rightfully uh, concerned. Well, yeah, with this director, uh, Wes Ball, someone else at IGN made the point, this guy probably delivers his movies on time and on budget. And like mm-hmm. for something like this, that's, you know, this is not going to be the work of an auteur, a singular vision written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. This movie will be made by a huge committee. Right. So they just need someone who can do the work, get it, sh- get the shots in day by day and get the movie in on time and on budget. And maybe this is the right it's guy. Very cynical. That. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I, produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad, and Avi Arad's produced lots and lots of stuff. A bunch of Spider-Man movies, the 2000 X-Men movie, but also Morbius and the Venom movies and Uncharted. So it's like, okay, he's done a lot of good, cool stuff and a lot of stuff I'm not interested yeah. in. <laughs> and then the writer is the Jurassic World guy. He also did Kong Skull Island and Detective Pikachu. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. It's like this team is get together. It's like it's there's not the, based on the information that we have now. I don't think there's a lot of reason for me to get excited, except for maybe we should give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt because yeah. they did so well with the Mario movie. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Mario movie, right? Like when when they first announced that one, like it's not. Uh, I don't think it's controversial to say that when they announced Chris Pratt was going to be Mario, people were like, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, it was, like a, it was yeah. a little, little yeah, left field that. casting. And, you know, he turned out to be good in it. And, uh, you know, of all the animation studios that they got, they partnered up with Illumination, which, you know, makes gorgeous looking movies. But <laughs> I, I think they were best known for Despicable Me and the Minions movies before then, you know. And yeah. so that's another one of those like, oh, well, maybe kind of, kind of partnerships, right? So yeah. Nintendo, but... I interviewed Shigeru Miyamoto for the Mario movie, and he seemed like he was really hands-on with the process of making that movie. And so if he's going to be producing the Zelda movie, I have to imagine that he's going to give the same sort of level of hands-on-ness mm-hmm. that he did with the Mario movie. And I think that's like, a, that's like one of those like, like real big upsides that is hard to quantify, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, sure. Let's see that. Let me ask you all this. Going live action, does that tell us that while the Mario movie is very silly and it's just filled with like references, going live action, does that tell us this is going to be a much more serious movie? Yeah, they're absolutely going to Lord of the Rings it. That's what I mean. Yeah. The Jongo! I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Lord of the Ringsing it would be a best case scenario because when I think like, right. you know, exploring Hyrule with the mountains in the distance and the dense forests and delving into caves, yeah. yeah, I want it to look like the Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. I- well, I was talking to someone about this. I kind of like if they are gonna like Lord of the Rings it and and like try to like emulate like a Peter Jackson style for mm-hmm. it. I kind of want them to go a little bit more hobbity than Lord of the Ringsy because I think mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is yeah. too serious for Zelda. Like Zelda is like is darker mm-hmm. and 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 more you know fantastical than Mario for sure. But like it also has a lot of whimsy and a lot of like fun and silly moments. Like yeah. I kind like I think the Hobbit is actually like a really good mm. like tonal goal for a live action Zelda movie. Yeah. And the, the, my my main issue is the tone of that Zelda already strikes, which is like, it's just corny as hell. Like, it's my favorite <laughs> game series. I love it. But like, the Master Sword looks so stupid. And Does it? all the enemies have stupid. Yeah, it's like a big chonky blue sword. Like, <laughs> it's going to it be. It just looks idiotic. Well, I and think like, that, like I... the. All the enemies have dumb names. Like, it's just like, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and like it's made it was made like translated poorly for kids in like nineteen eighty six. And then they just used every single element from that first game over and over again. Do I love that? Yes. In video <laughs> games. But I don't want to see like the serious origin. This is just episode one stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. do you mm-hmm. want to see how the Master Sword was created? Like it becomes a big chonky blue dumb sword that's not even sharp? Like it's just this, ridic- this is ridiculous material. That's how and I feel let me, about the hat. Uh, let me just that- point out that Link doesn't speak. He doesn't speak. Do you want to hear him speak or not? Does it matter? That's a bad that's a bad protagonist, right? And he wears a dumb green tunic. Like that's embarrassing stuff. Like you can't make a movie about this stuff cool. 
it's going to be really, really hard. The tunic and hat and like elf ears. Like he's going to have yep. to be a very cool elf hero. Like they got to find the next, yeah. like, the next Orlando Bloom. Yeah, like, and even Orlando Bloom wasn't cool in the second, then the second trilogy. No. Oh. And so that, that that in my like Link Link is overwhelmingly the hardest part of the whole thing in my Orlando opinion. Bloom is catching strays on this podcast. He's just like <laughs> he was great as Legolas in, in the Lord of the Rings. In in the Lord of the Rings, yeah. And I think you're, you're totally right. Like Princess Zelda is kind of neat, but then Ganon is a freaking giant pig. <laughs> do you do you want to see that in CG? It's gonna be weird, man. And don't get me started on the Triforce. It's three dumb triangles. Like, come on. Like courage, power, wisdom. This stuff is bullshit. I mean, I like was, it's not good. I was equal parts like before. Like you know, I think we all knew a Zelda movie was coming. But if they did an animated Zelda movie, it would have been Illumination again. And so it was like, ooh, like that's that's also like a monkey's paw sort of wish situation. So it's like, yeah, you know, six of six of one, half dozen of the other. Like you know, they they made their choice. Um, it being live action probably means we're never going to get like the the Nintendo Cinematic Universe with the Smash Brothers crossover in a decade. Can I actually <laughs> jump in and speak to a little bit of a theory I have in terms yes. of how they could handle that? Yes, because I think they can have their cake and eat it too. And I think okay. the way to go with that is you can still have that Link in a Smash Brothers animated thing. Make him tune Link. That's oh yeah, just do a different. Adorable, but. Oh. You need to have a Spider-Man pull him into the Spider-Verse to make that possible. They could do they could do like a Roger Rabbit and have like live action Link and just <laughs> oh, the, the animated Mario. What's the one thing worse than a live action Zelda movie? A Roger Rabbit Zelda movie. <laughs> but that just makes me want a Wind Waker animated movie from Illumination. Yeah, that sounds great. Movie. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, and people were talking about Miyazaki style for that and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's all that's all fine. But Zelda is also like just aside from just the you know, the goofiness of it, which is intentional. And again, I love it in games. Uh, it doesn't tell like a, a meaningful story usually. And when it tries to, it, it doesn't really sink, you know, s- uh, hit it really well. But so th- if we're thinking about this medium, that's about telling a story and you're taking out all of the other Zelda stuff and you're like, we're just going to do the story. Like that just seems like a bad match to me. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like a good idea. That's and, awesome. I, and also I have one more thing. Okay. I can keep on going, but one more thing. <laughs> All fantasy is based on Lord of the Rings, right? Like people don't get much more creative than that. They're like, here's these classes. Now Zelda does kind of do some spins on that. Like, you know, like it, it's a, it is its own fantasy world. So like I will give it that is that 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 that's cool and like a little bit different, even though that like Link is basically a hobbit and the Hillians are basically elves. Like th- those classes are still in there. The orcs are the mobs, but like yeah. it's a little bit better than, than, than complete just generic D and D stealing all the terms. Yeah. Which again, D and D is fine. That's what it did. And then they all took it from Wagner. So, and, and, and you know, Norse mythology. So what can you do? You're saying that. I mean, they- uh, yeah, no, I was, I was just saying, I saw online that a lot of people were saying a really interesting way to do this would be, uh, to do like a Hanson style, like mixed puppet medium kind of <laughs> like, movie. Make it look like the Dark Crystal. Like a Dark Crystal kind of thing. Yeah. But also at the same time, I think people discovered uh, the director West Ball's like old tweets. And in 2013, he actually tweeted something along the lines of, I know what the next big Avatar style mocap movie should be, and it's The Legend of Zelda. So if he's directing the movie and that's what he thinks is uh, mm-hmm. the way to go, uh, we probably won't get the puppet stuff and we might get a little mocapy maybe. What would that be for? I don't know what that would be for. Yeah, I don't know. You could imagine Zora that look like Navi from Avatar. Okay, sure. Yeah. Oh but my then, god! Don't no... get me started on the Zora and Gorons. Oh my god! This that's movie. What is, is it? Be... It's a Goron. Whether this movie is good or whether this movie is terrible, like we're gonna be feasting. We're gonna be feasting on the Zelda movie in you know three totally. or four years or whenever it comes out. Like it's all anyone in like any of our circles is gonna care about and talk about because like. Again, like good or bad, like we are not going to be able to take our eyes off whatever this Legend of Zelda movie ter- becomes. <laughs> do you think Nintendo can resist doing flight a lot easier? Do you think Nintendo can resist doing uh, Star Fox as Top Gun or Top Gun as Star Fox? <laughs> I, I or hope Metroid that, as I hope Alien, which it completely yeah. ripped off. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I'd watch a Metroid movie. Sure, sure. You, you can watch it. It's from 1978. <laughs> Ready, Lee Scott made it. I think it's 79. Six? Is that right? Nine? Okay. I think it's um, Thank you for pushing up your glasses. Yeah. We'll say that. 
Anyway, the other interesting thing is that the Zelda movie will be co-funded and distributed by Sony. Yeah, fun. weird, right? Yeah. Sony's going to pay for half of the Did you Zelda see the movie. little detail when Nintendo was like, but, but, but they're not, we're the majority by one person. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I also like 49 51 split. I love, I love when Nintendo gets all awkward and weird and just like, you know, weird Nintendo directs. It's like their whole thing of like on Twitter, it was like, like, it, like the tweet starts with like, Miyamoto here. Yeah. I'm this happy is to announce. Yeah, this is Miyamoto. I'm just like, what? It's so weird. Like, it's weird. <laughs> The next Grand Theft Auto will be revealed next month. Mm. It was it was it was revealed this week that the game will be revealed next month. What's interesting to me is that Rockstar is still not calling this Grand Theft Auto Six. No, still calling it the yeah. next Grand Theft Auto. There are lots of theories about that because, based on leaks that have already happened, supposedly it's set in Miami, so they could do Vice City again, or it could just be Grand Theft Auto Vice. And the V and the I could make six. Oh. They want to just lean into ah. that. I, mean, <laughs> That's fun. I like that. Actually. That would be great. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> or maybe it's, it's like just we haven't. It's been we haven't had one of those sort of font puns since what Resident Evil, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil Seven, and the Biohazard Bio stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah the build with Village. Yeah. Yeah. Village. Wait, village. village. My bad. Village. Yeah. That was the V for eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's just Grand Theft Auto, because like five was like so all-consuming, and then they have GTA Online. It's an online service, so maybe it's just Grand Theft Auto now. I feel like I feel like Rockstar has a bit of a has fallen into a little bit of trap where they can't do that because Grand Theft Auto Five has been around for so long and has been the only Grand Theft Auto game that you can play for dec for a decade that they kind of have to differentiate it because mm. uh, it's become the shorthand. Oh, do you play GTA? You know, like, and they just mean five, right? So they have yeah. to differentiate it somehow from the game that is the only GTA game that you can currently play. Mm. I mean, yeah. you can play I think the other It's going to be GTA it. 6. Yeah. Just oh, GTA 6. Yeah. Okay. I think they're yeah, just. But I to say, like, yeah, look forward to the GTA 6 reveal next month, like, pre announces the, the product. So it's mm. like, you know, there, I don't think there's any sort of secret or deeper, deeper meaning in there. I have one weird theory. There you have, go. Well, because it's taken so long to make GTA 6 and GTA Online is so successful and they want people to play these games for a long time. They could name it something like GTA Forever, you know, Grand Theft Auto Forever, something like that, and just be like, this is it, and we're just going to keep updating this game every 10 years, and you just play this one over and over again. Is that what Grand you want? Grand Theft Auto 6 ever. Six Maybe. Seven. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't enjoy the wait from GTA 5 to this new one, so... Yeah. What do we want from GTA 6? Because I, I don't know what GTA is anymore. It's been so long since 5. Mm -hmm. The world's very different now. A lot has happened in the past 10 years. I don't know if anyone has been paying attention. <laughs> I mean, Rockstar has all kinds of quotes about, like, it just it's impossible to parody anything anymore just because yeah. the, the, the extreme reality has gotten so extreme yeah. sort of across the spectrum that, like, what does parody even look like? And by the way, like, I really like GTA V. I agree with, like, our 10 out of 10 review score that we gave it. I think it's one of the all-time greats. But the parody in these games has never been it's put on this pedestal of like, oh, they're taking down anybody and everybody. And like the political ads in the radio are like, I hate immigrants and vote for me. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, this is not like deep, like it's, it's pretty superficial, honestly. And this comes from a place of love. So it's like, yeah, you know, this idea that like, oh, there's nothing left to parody anymore. It's like GTA has always just been, it's been silly more than anything on that front. So I'm not worried about that. So part of it. I mean, like, it, it's just, it can just double down and be an open world crime game, right? Like, that's like, yeah, there, that's is why, there's surprisingly few of those. There was a bunch of clones, but there's not now. And, like, yeah. just being a cool open world crime, crime game is what they need to do. What, they, what they're missing is what they had in Red Dead, which is like, that game's about building a family and has a really sweet core to it and, like, an amazing set of characters. Like, GTA, like, was like, here's three psychopaths, lol. It's always like, like a it's, lot it's, more. It just doesn't have that. It's been very nihilistic um, compared, mm -hmm. to, compared to Red Dead. That's that's kind of what I think I would enjoy if they leaned away from the silly stuff and mm. told just like a, a great dramatic story like they did with Red Dead 2. I think I would be more interested in that. I guarantee there's They kind of did that in San Andreas, you know? Like they were like, we got to help moms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, then there's also like that heat bank robbery, you know, that game was also pretty silly. Yeah. What's up, Matt? I'm nothing. Just guaranteeing that there's going to be one NFT joke in... <laughs> oh yes yeah. oh my yes yeah i just don't know i don't know what it, it, i'll be very interested to see 
what it is, it, Grand Theft Auto 3 was such a phenomenon because it felt dangerous, I think. It felt edgy. It was like it let you be a criminal, it let you steal cars, it let you drive into an alley with a prostitute and enjoy their services. And it was like nothing else felt like that at that time. But like there's been a hundred other games that do all sorts of even crazier things than that now. I don't know. I don't know. It's been 10 years since the last GTA. I just don't know what it is. If it is like a Vice City set game, especially if it's set in the 80s, that would be very appealing to me. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I know and I'm aware that this is a minority opinion of mine, but like I'm not excited about the Vice City Miami mm. setting mm. at all. Oh, like, really? I mean, I, I, I know it's beloved, right? Like it's the most beloved GTA setting, but my thing is like GTA is, you know, a satirization of America and American culture and like Miami just doesn't it's like like no, no one ever thinks about or talks about the city of Miami anymore. Like it feels like Party it was a do. product of the eighties, right? Like, you know, like it should be set in like the center of American culture, in my opinion. Like, hmm. you know, New York, LA, the Bay Area are better areas for a game. Like I like that. their um I like their period piece though yeah, in, sure. in Red Dead. And I think a period piece of of a, of an era is compelling to me. Yeah. Like not geographically, but just time setting wise. Like the eighties is like a really fun idea music wise and aesthetic wise and everything. I think it could go a long See, way. That I Plus agree it limits with. you don't have to do a cell phone yeah. cheats, which are the worst <laughs> cheats ever. I do. I do agree Active with controller that. Cheats. Except Here's, that they made that oh. game already. Like <laughs> I know. Here's one thing about the period setting that I, I'm not sure about is that um, it's the reason why GTA online did so well. And the reason why Red Dead online didn't do so well is that GTA online is set in like the present day. And so you have access so all sorts of like crazy mm-hmm. vehicles and airplanes and helicopters and you could mm-hmm. just do ridiculous things like you know skydive off of a bomber and then into an atv or something mm-hmm. right you can't do that in red dead online right because they were very strict about like yeah there's, you can't there's no like old western helicopter that you can jump out of i feel like that's if they're trying to replicate gta online again and do a gta online 2 to go along with gta 6 uh, a period piece kind of limits that fun Mm-hmm. You know, like if they're trapped in the 80s Miami, you don't have rocket ships or something that you can. I mean, you, I guess you do, right? But I don't know. It seems limiting in a way that maybe won't serve the online component of the game. Maybe, the- yeah, but maybe they keep GTA Online but update it for the current tech. GTA 6 can be a period piece, but then all of the like improvements and quality of life features can be brought into GTA Online, online but keep that in a modern setting. Yeah, I don't think they want to lose their 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 people on GTA Online too. So it could yeah. be more of a map swap than mm. GTA Online. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out more next month. They said trailers coming in December. Uh, what, do, what do we think? Part of the Game Awards or no? Because they want to do their own event. I think they can do their own thing. I mean, Rockstar certainly can. Uh, I say no. Yep. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, we if you're a younger GameScoop listener, like GTA Five is old, right? Like I, I worked here as a relatively new employee when that game came out, and like it is impossible to understate how big that was as like a cultural event and like you, you know just a moment online, like anything and everything that you wanted to write about GTA or any video that you made, like it just went completely completely crazy for like a year like it took over everything in a way that like think about whatever the biggest game you want to think about over the last few years like gta 5 was bigger than all of them um just in terms of just cultural weight behind it it was unbelievable i I don't know that it's actually ever been repeated no i don't think so the most profitable entertainment thing ever released Okay, today uh, Valve announced the Steam Deck OLED, and we reviewed it. That doesn't happen very often. That hardware is announced and reviewed on the same day, but that's pretty cool. We gave it a 9 out of 10. It's got a great new OLED screen. Twice the battery life. It's lighter. It's quieter. It's still like, considered, you know, uh, it's not like the Steam Deck 2. It's not Steam Deck Pro. The, it's not more powerful, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it's better looking, and the battery's going to last a lot longer. I think it's great. Oh, and it has more, more storage, and it's the same price. Seems like a bit win-win all around. Not me. I have not you. I have a Steam Deck. I have the Steam Deck not OLED, and now I'm jealous. And now okay, I'm, so now that's I'm, what you're. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my only silver lining is that they are very clear that this is not a Steam Deck two, and that yeah. a Steam Deck two will eventually come down the line in a couple of years, and yeah. so that eases the the buyer's remorse that I'm feeling a little bit today. But like, I don't know. That new screen is nice. <laughs> the the battery improvements is really nice. I feel like I know. I feel like people don't talk about that enough. Like. 
Bo showed this in his review, uh, where like Valve talked about how the battery is like more efficient and better, but like when he tested it, he found that it has like double the life of yeah, the it's crazy. Steam deck, mm -hmm. And it's just, oh, wish I had that. I think it's yeah, time. it's a beautiful like piece of hardware and also like the tip of the iceberg for handheld gaming. Like we, we're PCs are this small now. They're going to get so much smaller. It's just going to be about the form factor. Like this is like really cool stuff. And like, I love my Steam Deck. I love it. Like it's so it's opened up the world of at least indie PC games <coughs> for me to play. Mm -hmm. I don't want to play at a desk. I just don't want to do it. I've tried. I've set it up. I've got great rigs. I don't play. I just don't want to do it. I'm at a desk all day and I don't want to do it at the end of the day. So it's like the best thing in the world for me. I love it. And I can't wait for these to be my docked play system on my television. I know they can do that now, but like my like go-to for high-end graphically intensive PC games. Like we're, we're getting close. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I did not get the original <clears throat> Steam Deck model. So I think I want this one for sure. It looks great. What does this tell us, if anything, about the Switch 2? Like how 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 yeah. does because I mean Nintendo has the exclusives, uh, it, you know that's. I but I other than that, that tells us like the the Steam Deck the Steam Deck's a chonky boy. Like did you yeah. I'm assuming, like have you you've seen one around the office played one used one Damon? I've I've played one yeah. Like for me, it's too it's too big and heavy for me. Mm. Um, so you know, like I, I it, we don't know what the Switch Two is, but it's it's going to be in a little bit of a different product category in my opinion. That's right, and especially because little hands play Switch games. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Switch OLED, like, it, it is, and Bo also mentioned this in his review, one of the ironies, it's really hard to, like, talk about that because unless you're watching the review on an OLED screen, you can't mm -hmm. grok, like, how different it is to see it with your eyes. But, like, I, I was actually surprised. I have a launch Switch, and, like, when I use the OLED Switch, I'm like, ooh, like, this screen, like, it's nice. Like, it makes a meaningful difference, and so... You know, like OLED becoming the standard, like uh, yeah, Nintendo's Nintendo, so who knows? But like, you know, I, I think that the Switch 2 probably has to have an OLED display, or I would hope it does yeah. at launch. Yeah, they already have an OLED right. on there, right? So like, it must be. I, 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 like, yeah. I can't imagine them sourcing worse screens now. Maybe, but I mean, for the seems weird price factor, right? I guess that's the yeah. one takeaway from this for the Switch 2 is that if they announce the Switch 2 and it doesn't have an OLED screen, I might just wait. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I uh, do not have, I'm in the target market for the steam deck. I don't, I don't have one. I do. I, it's like, I, I've like, I've had it in my cart so many times. I've been like, no, <laughs> no, it's nice. But, I, I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I really want one now. They're the same price. So the, the 512 gig OLED model is 549 and the one terabyte is 649. So I mean, definitely a lot right. more expensive than the switch. Here's my thing. Keep... You, you don't need to buy the 500 gigabyte model because that thing accepts SD cards. And so, like, I turn my 200 and whatever the 200 plus gigabyte model is, and I have that up to like a terabyte of storage. Mm. I don't think they offer that storage for the OLED, though. No. It starts at 512. No. Oh, oh, yeah, I understand. They have one yeah. terabyte also. Yeah, yeah one no, terabyte. Sorry, I thought you were saying that, but it still has the SD card slot. The new one does, the new, the yeah. new Steam Deck. Yep, yes. yep, yep, yep. Anyway. I'm excited. I want one. I'm going to get one. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Your tasty proteins are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you're ready. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts, 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, and thick-cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallops, shrimp, and more. My recent Good Chop box included a couple delicious, boneless, 10-ounce ribeye steaks. I also got some Alaskan sockeye salmon fillets that I baked in foil with lemon juice, garlic cloves, and a little parsley. And then there was the thick-cut bacon that I've been baking up for breakfast with my eggs. Saving me trips to the grocery store or butcher means I have more time for important things, like spending time with my family and, of course, playing video games. Go to goodchop.com slash gamescoop120 and use code gamescoop120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code gamescoop120 at goodchop.com slash gamescoop120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash gamescoop120, code gamescoop120.
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at igen.com, just like Chris Herrera did. And Chris says, hey, Damon and Goose Camp counselors. In a previous episode, you mentioned something about not caring about the story of a video game. I've noticed that a lot of people in the video game community have the same sentiment that they don't care about the story. This really baffles me. I can't quite understand it. Why would anyone play a video game and not care about the story? I'm guessing this comes from the NES and uh, Super Nintendo era. I'm 33 years old. I grew up playing NES and Super Nintendo, but I still remember caring about the story in a video game. I recently beat Prey and I found it amazing. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time, along with The Last of Us and Tears of the Kingdom. However, I don't think I could see myself liking that game if all I did was play it for the gameplay and not the story, what would be the point in going forward? I would love to hear your thoughts, as well as the other hosts, on not caring for the story in video games. This is mostly Sam and I, I think. I don't want to speak for you. But we've talked about how, for Sam and I at least, it's the story is not very important in games. How about you, Matt? I love, I mean, I love video game stories. I think. Uh, I know a lot of some, people do. I think some of the best stories I've ever experienced in my life have come from video games. Uh, and not like... I, okay, so the most like story forward games like i guess visual novels but even like cinematic games like uncharted Mm -hmm. not my favorite video game stories right Mm -hmm. like my favorite video game stories are like bloodborne where like the story is discoverable right but you have Mm -hmm. to put in the effort and the gameplay is a means to discover lore based and so the gameplay Mm -hmm. serves as a means to access the story Mm -hmm. and in that way they're both it's like a like a wonderful synergy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure uh, i mean i think a lot of people out there Maybe more than not, do like story in video games. Uh, Sam, do you want to address this? I mean, I've done it so many times. I mean, you like, don't have to. Matt is, I can do it. Matt, no, no, Matt just, Matt just did a really good job of explaining when video games can do something different and, and why that works and how what he just described is a perfect example of like why storytelling in games can be cool. Uh, Portal is another, you know, the, 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 vault, the much vaunted example of that. My point is that it doesn't matter that if I like story or not in games. That's not what I'm saying. My point is that games are, are bad at telling stories a lot of the time because what they're doing is they're grafting on a poorly acted, poorly written, and poorly performed, you know, just a, a bad B movie onto a video game. Like, and like, you can't get around that in a lot of these huge games. They're, they're getting better and more expensive, but they're still kind of cruddy at that. And then on top of that, like, a book and a movie is a better vehicle to convey this stuff. That's all my point is, is that games don't need to do that. And so what the reader is kind of missing here is that games offer something even cooler than maybe a story and that you can play a game with a bunch of friends and enjoy it. It has nothing to do with story. It's called online gaming and everybody does it, right? Like those games are not story games. And you know where that started? In the arcade, where there's pinball machines and arcade machines and everybody stood around smoking cigarettes in the 70s <laughs> and played games together. Like those are social events that are like not as fun as watching a movie or reading a book because they're social and interesting. Those are those are like the the, the concept of why story matters in games is not a black and white. 
do you like story in games or not? I, I'm the, the, the nuance is that story can be much better handled in other media for now. And, and, and games are breaking through and doing really interesting things with story and telling them in really interesting ways now. But it wasn't that way 10 years ago when every game you'd play was like a retelling of the movie you just watched because it was literally the game based on the movie. <clears throat> like, that's not good stuff, you know? Yeah. I do think that storytelling games has improved a lot. And I think the original The Last of Us is an example of a game that probably, like, probably doesn't, it would, it would, it would be much less effective without the story, I think. But in general, it's not, it's not the story is not. But the better, show is better than the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. That's exactly you're exactly so, right on two counts though. That game would suck without a good story <laughs> because it's about murdering a bunch of people for no reason. Well, but the not story no really reason, helps. But, but the story was told not no reason. But then the, the story is told better in a TV but show. But that's where I'm at as like, well. It's, it's like there's no like you wouldn't. You, and I think I've used this line on Gamescape before. Of like you wouldn't. You wouldn't write a script and film a television show that was like, and then for the next 10 minutes, the character rubbed up against a wall trying to figure out where they were supposed to go. Like, it's not, you know, so like any any video game that's trying to tell a movie-like story, I would rather, you know, watch the movie. Like, I'd rather have a director and an, and an expert sort of, you know, controlling, you know, the pace and what I'm seeing and how I'm feeling. Like, for, so... You know, like the, the I have two answers to this question. One is that I'm just I'm more of like a systems guy. That's what I'm here for. It's what I like about video games. That's why I like Factorio. Oh yeah, good point. Why I like Factorio. I like exploring video game systems and how they interact, and that's just the joy that I get out of the medium. And two, like there are so many video games that have told incredible stories, but they lean into the video game medium and being interactive and like you know, yeah. you know, this is not the best video game story, but just the example that popped into my head was like Phoenix Wright. Where like you're mm. uncovering the mystery and you are the one interrogating these suspects and like that <laughs> cannot be replicated in a movie or TV show or like you know the classic example for a long time was The Walking Dead right like or interactive mm. fiction like those are unique to the medium whereas this trend of like I I, I really like the story in the Uncharted games I think they're fun and interesting and engaging but it, it it's it's trying to make a popcorn movie in a video game and they will never ever be better than popcorn movies at that in my opinion and much like justin said i'm also like a systems guy i like games i like learning the rules i like you know seeing what i can get away with can i exploit the rules i like settling into a nice gameplay loop and just enjoying that and then your your games have an objective that you're trying to reach or solve like i just like all that like video games as a medium is almost the only game medium that does add a story into it. I'm sure that board games do that as well, but like for most of human history, there've always been games, but they don't have stories. Baseball, golf, chess, go, these are all games. They all have rules and win-loss scenarios and and, uh, goals that you're trying to accomplish, but there's no story in there. Like game, and for most of human history, people have played games just for the gameplay, as Chris Herrera says here. Don't need a story to go along with it. Games, like, they're getting better at it. In the early days, there was, games didn't have a story. They really just had a premise. That was just an excuse for, like, what's happening on screen. The princess has been kidnapped. Mario has to go rescue the princess. It's not a story. It's just a premise. They're getting better with, like, The Last of Us. And I think Spider-Man 2 is a good example. They, instead of, like, stopping down to give you exposition and then letting you go play, and then they stop down, watch a cutscene, get story, and go play, it's all woven in through the gameplay, but people are just chatting and you're learning more about what's going on. I think that's a smart way to handle it, but... Just me. I'm just. I'm here for the game, the game part of it, and the story's not the game. The story is just something that's going alongside the game. The game is the rules and the mechanics, uh, the systems that you get to use, and then the goal that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I remember. You know, we came up in a, in a in an interesting time in which you had to fill in a lot of story gaps yourself because games, yeah. you know, may have t- told you in an introduction booklet. This is what he was referring to, the writer, uh, in an instruction booklet, like what the premise is, and then you kind of go off and do it. But think about that. And what that what's interesting about that? So the Legend of Zelda, or a, a better example, but one that nobody will get. So I'll just use Legend of Zelda as, as Zork, but uh, early text adventures. But like they require your imagination. They require you to think like this little blobby guy walking around the st- screen is having this grand adventure. And I still get that sense when I play a new Zelda game 
that you are telling your own story. You're, you're going and you're exploring and, and, and you're filling in blanks that the game doesn't need to stop and fill in for you. It doesn't need to say, and this is how this cave was made. It was made when this happened and it was because of these guys. Like that stuff you just don't need. You're just like, you went into a cave and you kind of found a cool scenario and they're like, it's passive storytelling a lot or it's imaginative storytelling mm-hmm. and the imagination is you. So like I, I kind of use the, the, the story thing defensively sometimes because like, I, I want to play those games that have bad stories. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Mm. Like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a 20-hour TV show that's bad. But, like, I'll absolutely play a game that is mechanically interesting that has a bad story. I can separate myself from that and then be like, that game was amazing. That's a good thing to be able to enjoy something and then be like, yeah, but I... Mm. Did you lose me? Oh, we we did for we, a second, but you're back. Okay. We, I, I mean, yeah... Damon's favorite story moment in a game is when you find a new belt and you need to go inside your belt and do adventures in your belt and then level it up. And then (laughs) that's really just all you're looking for. I love weird penguins and I love good disguise humor. Someone asked, people keep asking me if I've played Disguise 7 and I have not yet. It's because Disguise 6 was such a, I didn't even bother with it because it was such a, they, they sort of seem to have lost their way. However, I do hear very good things about Disguise 7, so I'll check it out eventually. And they're 3D now? Is that why you were. That's yeah. They they left. They dropped the hand drawn like pixel art, and they just have their three D polygonal characters now. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Art style looks really Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Anyway, I I think a lot of people care about stories in games. That's that's just that's just our thoughts on it. That brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Steve in Oakley, Minnesota. Let the questioning begin. Hmm, Steve in Minnesota. Does this game have a good story that people like? No. <laughs> uh, got a bad story that people hate. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, is it worth <laughs> continuing to tug on tug on this thread of like does it have a story at all? Um mm-hmm. maybe it's a baseball game. We never ask stuff like that. Uh, okay. Uh, does this game have much of a story in the game at all? A narrative structure to it? Is that it, a story? It has a story. Okay. This is really interesting. We got to remember these ones, okay? Yeah. These are good questions. Yeah, it's it's not a baseball game. Mm. <laughs> Unless it's MLB The Show what's game. The, what's the robot modes, one? So. Yeah. They do have story modes. Yeah, even that's a horrible question because even, <laughs> even the NBA games have story modes now. Yeah. Is that FIFA game where you came up from the streets? Mm-hmm. Base Wars, that's what I was thinking of. Robots oh, are playing man. baseball oh, for some man. reason. How good there is... has to be a backstory. <laughs> How good uh, is Base Wars? I'll, I'll allow you the baseballs to... out of cannons. I'll allow you to um, count this one out. But someone did suggest Base Wars this week, but we used, the, we used that game last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. You already had it. So, so it's so not what? Base Wars. <laughs> Yeah, is this okay, a sports? Good. Is this a sports sci-fi or combat <laughs> game? And you'd be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? All of them. <clears throat> uh, I want to do that though. Okay, is this a sports or puzzle or I don't know what sh- third one should I do? Platformer. Is this a sports puzzle or platformer game? No. Mm. So is this based on a license? Yes. <gasps> Oh, and it's a bad story. This is going to be good. <laughs> Ooh, what does that mean? It's an Avatar game, probably. I mean, he didn't say it was like actively a bad story, but just like it's not like... It's not like that's really notable. Th- I think that's Avatar. Story. It's based um, on license. In this that's context, a, a license game is like based on like a like a movie license or a TV license or something like that? Or, yeah, yes. Okay. Movie, TVs, comics... Um, sometimes soda pop and a one one game is based on a pizza uh, character, the Noid. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's probably I think it's probably the Lion King for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, did this game it. come out in the seventies, eighties, or nineties? No, that's five. Uh, it's not the Lion King, y'all. <laughs> is this based on a movie property? No. Oh. Ooh. Could be Sneak King. I think we've had that mm-hmm. before, actually. Oh, is Not that the Burger King game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Um, 
okay, it could be The Hobbit, which was not based off. It was ba- they only had the book license. Mm-hmm. Did this come from comic books or books? No. <gasps> what does that leave? Straight up television. Yeah. Or Cool Spot or similar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or totally. it could be still Sneak King. Mm-hmm. Was this based on television? No. <gasps> what the heck? What, what do not- we got? What do we got okay, left? Okay, 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 okay. So we have fast food, <laughs> which I don't know if huh? there's more besides Sneak King. It, like, it, yeah. we need, it, there's Doritos Racer. Okay, yeah, exactly. Doritos I have crash a sidebar course. question, also, Doritos crash we, course. Wait, okay. sidebar. I don't want this counting as a question. Okay. We asked <laughs> earlier if it was a sports game, and you said no. Mm-hmm. Does that include racing games? Um, let's say yes, that includes racing games. So, but wait, yeah, <laughs> yes, so that includes not a racing, racing games. You should assume you have also no. ruled out racing games. Understood. Okay, thank you for clarifying. It's the end of the day for me. <laughs> so it's not um, Doritos cart or whatever you said it was. Yeah. And, and our, our fighting games, sports games, they get a lot of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that also means it's not like, you know, just a licensed, you know, I don't know, some BMW racing garbage, like something, something like that. This is so confusing, but I think we're on the right track. So it's not uh, movie limited books, comics, TV, movies. What does that leave us with? Music. Okay. Yeah. So sure, could be like could be like Beatles rock band. Oh yeah. Green, Fifty Cent Green, Blood on the Sand. Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> uh, the games come up a lot lately. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Oh, is man. this is this from the good? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. You go. <laughs> mine, mine was stupid. It could be an iPhone game that's based on one of these things, right? But it's not based um, off one of these things. No, no. I'm just saying it could be like maybe we're not thinking of like some licensed things that are on iPhone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what those would be though. Is this um, is this based off any any kind of work of? Is this not is is the game a work of fiction? But is it is the license it's based on some kind of work of fiction of some kind? No, like a play. Oh. No, so like Shakespeare. So no, it's not. No. Is it based off? Is it is it fast food based? No, that's ten. <laughs> oh man, sorry. For- is it based on a? Is it based on a celebrity? We just have to keep going this route. Or celebrities? Yeah. Uh, can you give me your definition of celebrity? Sure. Yeah. No, uh, it's a person that's notable in our culture for the creation of something or non-creation of something that we all know the name of. Okay. Yes. Is this a rhythm game? Yes. Oh. Ah, it probably is the Beatles rock band <laughs> Yeah. or okay. Aerosmith rock guitar band. hero. There was a, there was a weird, that was a weird time. I think does they Beatles did a, Green Day have one. a story. Uh, I guess it tells yeah. the story of the Beatles. Yeah. Is this, uh, does this game require plastic instruments? Yes. Ah, nice. This is a back door to this one. <laughs> I mean, we were we were circling it a few questions ago. But why would there be a question? Like Van Halen's definitely a celebrity, right? Like I mean Well, okay, so who got, I just don't who, got that. who got Guitar Hero and or Rock Band collaborations? It was like Green Beatles, Day. Green Day Beatles, Be- uh Aerosmith, I think, Aerosmith. Rolling Stones. I don't I know. I mean it could Van just Halen. be it could just be straight up rock band or guitar hero, right? I don't know. Is is this a sequel? Um, <laughs> hmm. how many, how many ask this? Is this a sequel or a spinoff instead of a first game? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I think it's one of those. Is this a rock band game? No, that's 15. <gasps> oh, it's a guitar right, we can get this. Game. There's, there's only so many. There's Metallica. That's basically. Oh, I forgot about Metallica. Yeah, there was a Metallica one. I can't remember which ones I, there were. I think it's Van Halen and Metallica and Aerosmith. Is that right? DJ Hero wasn't um, wasn't like branded. Oh yeah, there's DJ Hero you know. too. Yeah, and there's DJ Hero two. DJ Hero two. I mean, it had. Death but it's not DJ it. Hero because it's not first of its name. Right. Damon, does this game have the <clears throat> name of a band or musical artist in the name of the game? Yes. Ah, nice. All right, so it's not just a generic rhythm game that counts right. as a based on a license. Are they from? Is it based on an artist from the Bay Area? Yes. Okay, it's Guitar Hero Metallica. Are they from the Bay Area? 
I don't know. Hell yeah, from San Francisco. I never I knew that. Huh. I was going to say Green Day, but Green Day is from Sacramento, and I guess the jury's out on whether or not Sacramento is the Bay Area. No, no, no. No, no, no. Green Day is from Berkeley. Oh, be, Berkeley. It, it would be totally fine. That, did, they do the, did they do a Guitar Hero or a Rock Band? They did, I, I, I name-dropped that, but I don't actually know that that's true. <laughs> oh. I don't either. Is this based on a punk band? No. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. It's, is this Guitar Hero Metallica? Yes. Hey. Guitar hey. Hero Metallica. 2009 for PS3, 360, Wii, and PS2. Still coming out then. <laughs> are you shocked that we arrived at this? <laughs> no. I thought you could get this. I knew this would be a fun one. Uh, there, How's the story? There's some sort of story mode, but that was like one of the things people didn't like about it. <laughs> You're like traveling the world as on tour with Metallica, something like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I remember that you're like they're like, hey man, we need you to come like play guitar for us, like something like that, right? Like, yeah. and then you're like, there's tryouts, and then and this yeah. is I, this is this is gonna be embarrassing. I don't listen to Metallica. Who's the guitarist for Metallica? Well, there's two of them. There's um, James Hetfield, who's the James singer Hetfield. guitarist, and then Kirk Hammett. Right. It would be very funny if the story involved like Hetfield getting in, like an accident in the beginning of the game, and they're like, you, yeah. you're well, the guy. Yeah. Now. It wouldn't have done that because their original bass player was killed in a terrible bus oh, accident. Oh no. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I had forgotten that this was in 2009. This is when they had the full instrument set. So there was guitar, bass, drums, and vocals oh, man. for this whole thing. And I bet there was like guitar, guitar hero, custom like Metallica, whatever guitars they use, yeah. they probably made those, right? Yep. They're like the Gibson Explorers or whatever, yep. like the cool jazz. Yeah, yeah. Anything. They, they didn't know it at the time. It was the beginning of the end because then they started doing, you know, rock band Green Day and guitar hero Van Halen. And then, and yeah. then that was it. Then yeah. they just went away forever. I think this was the second band-focused one. I think Aerosmith came before this. Mm. Mm. Guitar Hero Aerosmith. The irony is, at the time, you could not give away those instruments. I think, funny enough, Tom and I were talking about Guitar Hero and Rock Band on the drive to BlizzCon. I was about to jump in and say, (laughs) as much as you couldn't give those things away like five years ago, now if you're trying to build a new Rock Band kit, it's like $80 for a drum kit alone. Yeah. All, and there's rare guitars that are like super expensive now. We had we had a room that was just leaned up guitars and disassembled drums at IGN. Yep. Do you guys remember that? Yep. Yes. Small. Yeah. I mean, just a sea of greasy plastic. Like it's like every year there'd be a new, both guitar hero and rock band games, and people would buy new instruments almost every year. It was crazy. Well, and the third parties they would send us a million Mad Cats yeah. guitars yeah. all the time, and then Gibson would yep. would get in there and make. You know, a line for for Guitar Hero, and then Fender would get involved. They just did all kinds of stuff like that. And they, those games, those rhythm games, and you know, Guitar Hero, that was so out of vogue that in Guitar Hero One, that all the songs were covers. Like they couldn't use, they couldn't get the real songs. And then hmm. you know, obviously, it became the exact opposite. It became a cash cow. But like, yeah. Man. Shout out Wave Group. <laughs> I don't know what Wave Group is. They're the ones that did the covers in Guitar Hero One. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, that's so cool. What a cool job that would have been. I would say shout out to Frequency and Amplitude, which are <laughs> uh, the games that the developer made before, you know, harmonics. There were rhythm games that they made before Guitar Hero, and they're really good. Yep. yep. I never got into Guitar Hero, but Rock Band was a huge hit in my household, mm-hmm. and I loved the drums. The drums mm-hmm. were so fun. Well, in gu- Just nailed it. Guitar Hero Metallica, there was like an expert plus mode where you could hook up for the drums, you could hook up a second bass pedal <laughs> to do like the double bass drumming that Lars Ulrich does in Metallica must be super can you imagine how like like yeah and like also like is it sensitive enough to do that like that guitar pedal was (laughs) pardon me the bass drum pedal was so bad I don't know that's great anyway Guitar Hero Metallica that was a good one thank you for the suggestion Steve in Minnesota viewers listeners if you have your own recommendations for 20 questions email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com and that is all the scoops that we have for you this week thank you to Matt for joining me here in studio Thank you to Sam and Justin. Thank you to producer Tom for making this episode possible. My name is Damon. We'll be back next week with more fresh game scoops for you. And actually, I'll let you know right now, I'll be in studio with Sam and Pear in San Francisco. We, Justin, if, feel free to fly in if you want to. We're going to record <laughs> I, on Tuesday. Well, no, no, thank you. But, <laughs> okay. um, happy, to, happy to join here from the comfort of my home. Okay. Well, it'll be fun regardless. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out.
Hey, thank you. I actually really like everybody. We had so many opinions yeah. this week on Zelda and GTA. We're gonna get in trouble, and then stories and games. It's just gonna be a shit show in the comments. It's this week. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's fine. It'll be cool. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yep. See ya. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.